Just a girl, I thought I had it figured out. See, my life would turn out right, and I'd make it here somehow. But things don't always come that easy, and sometimes I would doubt. Oh, cause I got a couple dents in my fender, got a couple rips in my jeans. Try to fit the pieces together, but perfection. Sometimes I believe that I can do anything.
and I hope that is your testimony today. Jesus is all the world to me. Thank you for joining us for worship today here in the sanctuary and also by uh, Facebook Live and by um, live stream. We're glad that all of you are here, and we, uh, we pray that you will feel the Holy Spirit as we worship Him together today in this place. It's good to see you, really good to see you. <laughs> Thank you for choosing to worship with this church family. If you're a guest today, we welcome you. We would invite you to go by the Welcome Center after the service today and pick up a free gift that we have for you. There's a bag there. Just take one of those bags. It has some information in it. And also, I'll call your attention to the QR code that are uh, in, front of, in the pews in front of you. If you want to uh, take your camera and take a picture of that, it will take you to some announcements. And it will also take you to a Connect card uh, where you can uh, sign uh, and let us know, have a record of your visit with us today. But all in all, we're glad you're here. Thank you for joining us. If you haven't picked up your baby, baby bottle blessings, I can't say anything today. Baby bottle blessings. I think there are a few more out on the Welcome Center. Just go by and pick those up and then bring them back full on Father's Day. But again, we're glad you're here. Why don't you take a moment just to greet those around you the way we've been doing, and then we'll join in together in singing on Jordan's Stormy Banks.
and it was all with by his amazing grace you join as we continue making a joyful noise unto the Lord.
Amen. Thank you. you. May be seated. What a powerful song. And who here this morning believes that God is mighty? God is mighty. And he's holy. And he's holy. I'm so thankful that we can worship together, whether it be here in person or those of you worshiping with us online. Thank you for taking time out of your schedule to worship the only one who is worthy to be praised and who is worthy to be worshiped and honored. Thank you. Every week we have an opportunity where we can whether you're worshiping in this place, you can make wherever you are altar, but this morning do so, but however the Holy Spirit leads, I'm going to invite you to me as we pray together. Oh God, thank you for being a mighty God. You are mighty to save and you're a holy God. Father, because you are holy, we too are called to be holy, to be different. Lord, we humble ourselves before you, asking that you would lift us up. God, what joy me to see these gathered here in your house to worship what joy it brings me to see folks gathered at this altar to pray and others praying from their seats or praying at home oh god thank you for your faithfulness you've been faithful through a long and difficult season lord thank you for never leaving us nor forsaking us you are with us always until the end of Father, this morning, praise and glory to you and honor to you. Let's pray, Lord, that you would hear our prayers and our praise. But Lord, who are broken and hurting, Father, we pray this morning for Debbie Gilbert and the Gilbert family and the loss of Bob and ask that they might feel your supernatural strength and comfort. God, yet another part of our church family is gone, and we just ask that you would strengthen the Gilbert family. Father, we continue to pray for Teresa Doris and Stacy Perry and their family and the loss of Teresa's dad, Bob, and ask that you would comfort this family and strengthen them as they grieve. Father, we pray for folks on our prayer list that are taking treatments and recovering from surgeries, facing surgeries. We know, God, you can do all things. We pray for a miracle of healing so that many might come to know Jesus as a testimony of your divine power. Heal them, we pray, oh God, if it be your will. Father, there are others here that are praying on behalf of someone it's a son it's a daughter it's a family member it's a friend and 
Lord, you know what's going on, but we pray, God, that they would feel a, a special anointing of your Holy Spirit for whatever season they're going through, whatever the situation, whatever the circumstance. Father, we continue to pray for our nation, for healing and unity and revival and spiritual awakening. And Father, that you would bless all the churches that preach the good news of Jesus Christ, that Satan would have no glory or victory in our churches. But Father, that you would reign supreme and you would bring the victory as we know you already have. And I pray now, God, if there are those watching or in this place that have never given their hearts fully surrendered to Jesus, that today might be the day of salvation, that someone might pray to receive Christ and repent from their old ways and begin to walk in newness of life, following you and your spirit. Lord, we just love you so much. God, I'm grateful for this church family and ask that you would bless every person, God, that's here and every person, again, who's watching and continue to move through this service, continue to sing and play through our musicians and instrumentalists and speak through your word and your servant. And Father, we'll just thank you for your faithfulness to us, for we love you. And we thank you in the strong name of Jesus Christ. Amen. This morning, if you have your Bible, would you turn with me to Matthew chapter 5? And grateful again that an ensemble, a portion of our choir is here to lead us in worship. And we hear you prayerfully after the reading of God's word. We'll be reading one verse out of Matthew chapter 5. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord. Yeah. 
powerful song, and we do hold on to the rock, the rock of ages. Thank you for joining us for worship, and again, thank you for tuning in, and I pray that wherever you are, you can feel the presence of the Lord. You know, someone showed me on their phone this week that they wanted to be like Saul on the road to Damascus. on the road to Damascus. You know, I've shared through the years my love of those stories or movies of the underdog, especially sports movies. I always cheer for the underdog. I, I love that fictitious boxer, Rocky Balboa, played by Sylvester Stallone, especially Rocky III when he fought Clubber Lang, who was played by Mr. T., and you might remember this part of the movie. We now switch to our remote cameras inside the dressing rooms. Would you care to comment on how you plan to fight Balboa? What's your strategy? Balboa is so predictable and stupid. The man comes straight ahead. He's tailor-made for me, and he's going to get hurt. What's your prediction for the fight, then? Prediction? Yes, prediction. Pain. We now switch What's to your remote. prediction for the fight? Pain. Who of us could have predicted over this past year the pain that we would all endure from what we've been through? Now, I want to ask you not just about this past year, but what about in your life? What, what has been your greatest pain? Think about that. Has your greatest pain been losing a loved one? Has your greatest pain been dealing with a nagging health issue that you've suffered from for quite some time? Has your greatest pain maybe been abused by a parent and you've held on to that pain for many, many years? Has your greatest pain been being betrayed by a family member or a friend that you would have sworn would have stood by your side? To the very end, yet you felt betrayed. That's one of the worst kind of pains there is, betrayal. The fact is that Satan, the devil, can use any of these things and a host of many other things to steal our joy. As a matter of fact, in John chapter 10, verse 10, it says, The thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. But in the second part of that verse, Jesus said, but I have come that you may have life and have it to the full or more abundantly. But the truth is, maybe our joy has been stolen by one of these great pains in our lives. Many people through this season have walked around without joy and maybe feeling no emotion. And maybe that's where you are today. You feel numb you feel like you have no emotion. You're just kind of in a, in a daze. Some have called it COVID fog, that you've just been in a place where you don't really feel much of anything. And if that's you today, I want you to know God has a word of encouragement for you. For the last several weeks, we've been going through a sermon series called The Summit of Joy. 
We've been looking at that great Sermon on the Mount that Jesus preached to his disciples and to a great crowd of folks that have gathered there on the sloping hills of the Sea of Galilee. And it was there Jesus began this great moral and ethical teaching that some thought its standards were so high it could not be accomplished, the moral and ethical standard that Jesus set forth. But the fact is, it cannot be accomplished on our own strength, but it can through the power of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus began this great sermon with eight characteristics or eight beatitudes. And these beatitudes are to help us to live a blessed and joy-filled life. I'd be willing to say that every single one of us here today want to live a blessed and joy-filled life, don't we? If we don't, something's wrong. Because I think God wants us, his children, and those who hunger and thirst after him to be filled with joy and to be filled with his blessing. Today we come to the fifth beatitude, which says, Blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. I don't know about you, but during this season that we've gone through, I've tried, I haven't succeeded every time, but I've tried to show more mercy to people. Have you? Have you tried to be more understanding of people that we're going through a time like we've never been through before? I've shared it with some folks at seminary, they didn't give us a course, Pandemic 101. We've all had to learn our way through a very challenging time. And so I've tried to show mercy to people because I know this has been an out of the ordinary, unusual time. And I, I know many of you have shown me mercy and what we've tried to do here at the church. And I'm so humbly grateful for that. But when I look at this beatitude today and through some other passages of Scripture, I know that we've all been hurt. We've all been hurt. Whether it's through an unforeseen circumstance or situation, we're all damaged, aren't we? We've all been hurt in some way. We've been affected in some way. We've all had to learn painful life lessons through the school of hard knocks. And when we think about people that have been hurt, I, I think about Job, who was, a, who was a man who feared God and shunned evil. He was upright and blameless, yet he said in Job 7, verse 20, why have you made me your target? <laughs> he felt as though a target was, was on his back. And basically, if you would read the rest of that verse, he said, have you become tired of me? Have you been tired of putting up with me? Maybe you feel as though you've had a target on your back. David, who was a man after God's own heart, in Psalm chapter 6, verse 2, he said, be merciful to me, Lord. And then he went on to say, "For, for my bones are in agony. And he said, please be merciful to me. We all need mercy in some way. And today, maybe you are hurting. 
And then I think about what Peter, who again was one of Jesus' disciples, and uh, Peter would often speak before thinking. But Peter asked Jesus in Matthew chapter 18, verse 21, then Peter came to Jesus and he said, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother and sister when they sin against me? Up to seven times? Peter maybe was following up a conversation Jesus had with his disciples about when there was conflict between people, how you were to handle that conflict. Or maybe Peter had been hurt and he was asking from one who had been sinned against him to say, how many times am I to forgive my brother and sister when they sin against me? Up to seven times? Why would he say that? That, that seemed odd to say, oh, how many times? Up to seven times? Where did he get that? Well, rabbinic teaching said and taught that you were to forgive an offense three times. And after that, you were done. You forgive three times for an offense, a repeated offense, and then be done with them. But yet, Peter said up to seven times, he did the three that the rabbis suggested, added three and threw in one for extra measure, for good measure to say, that's a lot. He thought, I'm, I'm covering it. I, I can cover now up to seven times. And in a moment, we'll talk about Jesus's response. But the fact is, Peter, like all of us, have been hurt, haven't we, by something or someone. Someone once said, if you preach to the brokenhearted, you will never lack for an audience because on every pew or in every chair, there sits someone who's hurting in some way, shape, or form. And you know what I've found in my own pain in my life? That I've been guilty of sometimes wanting to throw myself a pity party and no one else is invited. Have you ever been there? Woe is me. It's my party and I'll cry if I want to, cry if I want to, cry. It's my part. That's a song, you know. You would cry too if it happened to you. But the fact is, you know what we ought to do when we've been hurt? We should focus on someone else. What did Jesus say in Luke chapter 9, verse 23? If anyone who wants to be my disciple or if anyone wants to follow me, what did he say? You must deny yourself, take up your cross daily and follow me. So today, we must deny ourselves. Stop thinking about how terrible I have it and how bad my situation is and, and all these. Let's begin certainly to focus on the Lord, but let's focus on others and how we can show mercy to people who are maybe hurting as much or more than us. And I want to give you an example. I'm so thankful that just recently, my wife Kelly and my youngest child, Aunt Catherine, went out on mission. There was a neighbor in our subdivision who had one day when Kelly and Aunt Catherine were out for a walk, had shared their hurt and pain and their 
overwhelming uh, sense of uh, the situation they were in. And then they pointed out their yard and their landscaping and their and their garden there, just how the weeds had overtaken it and how they were just overwhelmed and just didn't know what they were going to even thought about selling their house. It, it was just too much. All these things were going on as they looked at their house and their landscaping and their gardening. So my wife one day and my daughter Ann Catherine decided they'd go over to the neighbor's house and they began to pull weeds out of the landscaping. They transplanted some plants that she said she wished she could have done. And then we contacted Mark Toothaker and the Franklin County High School football team and, and got some mulch to be delivered over to her house and to put out in her landscaping. And, and there she received a blessing because someone helped her and showed her mercy when she felt overwhelmed by the hurt, pain, and depression that she was going through. And I tell you all this to say, not only did it minister to my neighbor, but it ministered to my wife and my daughter and to me to see that some people are hurting. And when they look, and you know what? I, I think about, I've told people before, when you look at your problems and your circumstances, it's like looking at a big, you've heard that analogy, looking at a big book case with all the books and you think, how in the world do I read all these books? One book at a time. How do I deal with all my problems? One problem at a time. How do I get rid of all these weeds? One weed at a time. But if you look at it, you're overwhelmed and say, I can never, I, I'm going to just sell the house. It's, it's just too much. Well, today I'm so grateful that through God's mercy, we can not just think about ourselves, but we can begin to focus outward. Maybe you're thinking of someone that you can show mercy to this week who maybe has been overwhelmed or someone that, that is at the bottom of the barrel or the end of the rope, and you can encourage them. So we all have been hurt. But then secondly, we must all forgive. Peter asked in Matthew chapter 18, verse 21, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother and sister when they sin against me? Up to seven times? And Jesus said, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times, or some translations say 70 times seven. In other words, number without limit, infinite. We are to keep forgiving. That's hard, isn't it? We are to keep forgiving. Not once, not twice, not three times, not double that six and then add one seven, but we are to keep forgiving people when they have offended us or wronged us. And that's hard, isn't it, to do? But that's what we're called to do. And then Jesus in Matthew chapter 18, after sharing that with Peter, said, the kingdom of heaven is like a, a king who was settling accounts. These are verses 21 through 35. The king had a servant who owed him, my translation says, 
uh, 10,000 bags of gold. Others say 10,000 talents. It's equivalent today in our uh, currency of millions of dollars. And this king went to this servant to settle accounts and said, oh, I can't pay you back. I, I just don't. And said, so, well, then you and your family are going to be sold in order to pay the debt. And the servant got down there and said, please, please be patient with me and I'll pay you back. I will. I promise I'll pay you back. Please just be patient. And the master saw the servant and showed mercy and canceled the debt. You're debt free. You would have thought the guy would have gotten up, woohoo, clicked his heels together and said, yes, I don't have to worry about that debt anymore. But you know what he did? He went out and found one of his servants who owed him and said 100 silver coins or 100 denarii in our currency, about $20, and went to that servant and said, you need to pay me back what you owe me. And the servant said, I can't. He began to choke him, hands around the neck. Give me my money. Give me my money. Give me my money. And he would not. He said, please, I can't. And then he said, then you and your family are going to be thrown in jail until you can pay back the debt. Can you believe that? Just had millions of dollars, debt canceled, and then 20 bucks, give me my money, give me. So other servants saw this and said, that's not right. That is not right. So they went to the king and said, do you know what your servant did? And then the king called in that unmerciful servant and said, you wicked servant, I forgave you, canceled your debt, and look at what you've done. You're going to be thrown in jail and tortured until you can pay back your debt, and this is how it will be for any brother or sister who does not show mercy from their heart. That's how the kingdom of heaven will be. Now, that's a pretty clear picture to me of the debt that has been canceled and how we are to forgive. Last week, I shared, made reference to out of Matthew chapter 6, 14 and 15, and this is still part of the Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus said, if anyone does not forgive his brother or sister or anyone when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will not forgive you. But if you do forgive someone when they sin against you, your Father will forgive you your sins. And so, in order for us to receive forgiveness, we have to give and show forgiveness. And then Ephesians 4.32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another just as in Christ God forgave you. Jesus from the cross, after they had nailed spikes into his hands and feet and thrust a spear in his side and put a crown of thorns on his head, said, Father, forgive them. 
for they do not know what they are doing. And even those people that know exactly what they're doing. I'd be willing to say right now somebody's coming to your mind of who you're thinking about that you need to forgive. I guarantee you somebody right now is thinking of someone and they, he's talking to me. It, it possibly could be a, a brother or sister that you all haven't spoken since your loved one passed and there was an argument over the estate. I've seen it. You've heard me share it. More people divide and families over money and stuff than anything else I've ever seen. I'll say it over and over again. People are more important than stuff. Over and over again, people are more important than money. You can't take money and stuff with you, but by God's grace, if we know Christ, we'll all be back together again in heaven one day. So maybe you're here today and you need to forgive a brother or sister over a settlement. Maybe you need to forgive an abusive parent. You've carried this weight with you your whole life. You can't bring it in your heart to forgive them. You will always remain the victim until you release the offender. Would you be willing to forgive that parent? Maybe you're here today and you have got unforgiveness toward a, a friend who betrayed you, a coworker that disrespected you. Maybe there's someone that has hurt you deeply. When you see their face, you cringe. You have such anger and resentment toward them. But it's our place as followers of Christ, we all must forgive. We all must show mercy if we want to receive mercy from God. And then lastly, because we all need forgiveness. We all need forgiveness. Romans 3.23, Paul said, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And we know that James wrote in James 2.13 that judgment without mercy will be shown to those who do not Give mercy, but mercy triumphs judgment. And we know that when we show mercy, it, it trumps judgment. And that's the mercy God has shown us in First Peter chapter 1, verse 3. In his great mercy, he gives us new birth into a living hope that comes from the resurrection from the dead in Jesus Christ with an inheritance that will never spoil fade or, or, or vanish that's awaiting for us in heaven. So I'm so grateful that we have been shown mercy. Peter said in 1 Peter 4, 8, above all else, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Maybe you're here today and you feel like you can't be forgiven for what you've done. That's a devil's lie. We all can be forgiven. Did you hear me? We all can be forgiven. My wife played a clip for me at the early service, I think, and he certainly could have 
said it. It was either Chuck Swindoll or, or Rick Warren, which they both on WJMM each day have a, have a word that they share, Chuck Swindoll, Insight for Living, and then Rick Warren will also share a message. And, and uh, one of them, I'm thinking it was Rick Warren, but it may have been Chuck Swindoll, but they're both great guys said that who is the wise, I think now that I'm saying it, it was Rick Warren, who is the wisest person we know, God the Father? Who is the most merciful person we know, God the Father? And if we were made in God's image, then should we not be wise and merciful to people? That if that's who we're striving to be like Christ and to be like God the Father, should we not show wisdom and mercy to people? Because we all need forgiveness and we all need mercy and we've all made mistakes and we're going to continue to make mistakes even though we are to repent and turn away. Our human nature causes us to keep dropping the ball and falling. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to do that. I want to do what's right, and I want to show mercy to people so that mercy will be shown to me. I want to close by sharing a story that you all have heard me share, I think, before. If you haven't, it'll be new to you. But years ago, when my dad was a minister of music and my mom was a church pianist, it was a Wednesday night, and they were in choir practice, and uh I had a buddy of mine with me, and, and we went out to my, show you how times have changed. We, we went out to my, my parents' car and got in the car and turned on the radio. We were just listening to music in my parents' car on a Wednesday night in the church parking lot, and uh, just having a good time. And then some wild hair, some notion came over me and I was about 15, 14 or 15, that I was going to drive my dad's car around the parking lot. I just, I don't know, I felt this urge that I, I can do that. I had the music going, and uh, so I decided I was going to drive through the church parking lot. The only problem was there were other cars in the church parking lot. And as I was pulling out of that parking place, I ran my dad's front fender right into the side of that car next to us. That's not the worst part. There was a car dealer in my dad's choir who owned the Chrysler dealership in town. It had dealer tag on a brand new car, may have been a New Yorker at the time. And it was his car. I panicked. I looked at my buddy. I said, what am I? I don't know what. I'm dead. I'm dead. This is not going to be pretty. I don't know what to, I, I do. I, rem, I still feel that sick feeling right now. My, my heart was pounding. What am I going to do? My friend said, get out. I'll do it. He was the same age I was. But sure enough, I mean, that thing scratched down the side, and you could hear metal being cut in the middle of that door, and I was like, oh, I'm sick. And I took the long walk down the hallway to the choir room, 
Now I could just hear that mood. Dun, 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 dun. I go into the choir room. And I go sit down on the bench beside my mother who's playing the piano. I said, Mom, I hit the car. What, honey? I hit the car next to Mom. And Mom kept playing. <laughs> and then I had to tell my dad. And my dad was very loving, but he made sure his boys acted right and disciplined us when we made mistakes, loved us enough to discipline. And I'm like, it's over. And you know what? My dad didn't punish me. He hugged me and said, it's okay, son. The punishment was what I had done and the pain that I endured and the lesson I had learned. And my dad showed me mercy. I didn't deserve it. I didn't have my license. I had no business driving my dad's car in the parking lot of the church. I was wrong. I was at fault. But my father showed me mercy and he showed me grace. We've all at times have made a wreck of our lives, haven't we? We've done things we ought not do and run into things we ought not run into and act ways we shouldn't act and treat people the way we shouldn't treat. And yet, God the Father shows us mercy and his grace. Now think about 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us and purify us from all unrighteousness. Maybe today you need to go to your father and not whisper it, but shout it that I've messed up. And it's nobody else. I'm not going to make excuses. It's on me. I made the mistake. I'm going to swallow pride and tell you it was my fault. And I'm sorry. And when you do that, God will love you and he will forgive you. The greatest mercy is when God sent his son Jesus into the world to die for you and for me, a debt we couldn't pay. But he loved us so much, and he gave us that undeserved mercy and grace. And I pray today that if you're here and you don't know Christ, he loves you and he will forgive you. If you're a Christian and you've allowed anger and bitterness and resentment when you think of someone I pray God will remove that as far as the east is from the west today. Or maybe you're thinking about that family member or friend that you can contact this week. As far as it depends on you, you're going to try to make it right. It'll be between them and the Lord if they're receptive. But we're doing the right thing. Or maybe you're looking for a church home. Man, I love, I love this church. I've missed many of you. And I'm so thankful we can be back together. And I pray that if you're looking for a good place, not a perfect place, a good place, to fellowship and grow in the Lord and, and try to be the hands and feet of Jesus, we'd love to have you.
However the Holy Spirit leads, I'm going to invite you to come in just a moment as we pray together. Lord, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment that if there are any people in this place or people watching and they've never received your mercy and grace by accepting Christ into their heart, may this be the day of salvation for many. Father, we all are aware that we've all sinned, we've all made mistakes, we've all been hurt. And Lord, may we not give the devil any glory or victory by carrying that anger, that unforgiveness, that bitterness in our hearts. But Father, we would release the offender by forgiving. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. And God, we thank you for your amazing grace and for your mercy and your love. And that you tell us above all else, we are to love one another because love covers a multitude of sins. I'm grateful for my earthly father and mother's forgiveness. And most of all, I'm grateful for my heavenly father's forgiveness. And Lord, I pray today if there are folks looking for a church home, Lord, this is a field hospital for the sin, sick, and hurting. It's not a club for the righteous. We haven't arrived. We are all fellow strugglers on our journey home. Give us the boldness, Father, to come however your Holy Spirit leads, and we'll give you all the glory in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to invite you, if you're in this place, to stand and come as we sing a hymn of invitation or if you're at home and you make a commitment to Christ, contact us. It'd be our privilege to speak with you and pray with you about your decision. Won't you come as we sing this great hymn of faith?
Amen. We are so grateful, aren't we, for God's amazing grace. And I pray today that God encouraged you and ministered to you through his spirit. And I pray that you would have a blessed and wonderful week. Just to let you know that we are uh, getting close to presenting to you a coming out of the wilderness comeback plan that will address some of our other services that we're all anxiously awaiting, I know, and what that looks like. Uh, we're having a staff meeting in the morning to, uh, to talk about and pray about uh, when we're going to uh, begin this great comeback. Thank you for your patience and understanding. As of right now, we're still having Wednesday night service virtually at 6. Our students meet on Sunday nights at 6.30 right now. So if you're a young person or have a young person, you don't want to miss. And then don't forget, if you're on our email list, we have discussion questions at you, your family, table group, friend group, however the Holy Spirit leads can talk more about the message and what God has said or is saying to you. But uh, we know God is faithful and he's brought us, uh, we're like that, what was that, an old Virginia Slims commercial? You've come a long way, baby. Was that, maybe that's not a great analogy, but anyway, <laughs> we've come a long way. And I know that uh, we see a light at the end of the tunnel, don't we? And know that God is faithful to us. Thank you, church. Uh, we love you, my family and I, our staff. We love you all so much. And uh, I know God loves you too. Let's sing a closing song. Thank you, and God bless you.